You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. With OTAs having passed us by and no new news to talk about and no news on the forefront, I take a look at the Bears' upcoming 2019 schedule to predict their wins and losses now that the draft is beyond us. It's all coming at you on this episode of Bear With Me. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Bear With Me, a Chicago Bears podcast hosted by yours truly, Robert Schmitz, on the Windy City Gridiron Podcasting Network, where guys like me, Lester Wilfong, Jeff Brickus, and EJ Snyder are working hard to bring you the best Bears content that we can on a week-to-week basis, or, you know, when we can. With the way this offseason has been, and especially where it has gotten, that it's been slow goings for the last couple of weeks, and now it has absolutely nothing, it gives us, we'll call it some flexibility on what to talk about, but thankfully, I never did an official schedule prediction, and I think that makes for a pretty good episode this week, since now the draft is beyond us, and when they originally released the schedules, we weren't really sure of what it was we were talking about. A great example of what I'm saying? The Redskins game that the Bears have in week three, well, they now have a brand new quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, that may very well be starting. When Bears fans originally sized up the schedule, they saw that as Case Keenum. Now we've got a totally different guy in Dwayne Haskins, and as I'm sure all of you fans know, it's all about the quarterback in the NFL. But obviously the Redskins weren't the only team that drafted new players and that meant that there was good reason to go through each of these games and talk about how I think the Bears should do and realistic expectations for what this 2019 season should look like. Because as I'm sure we all know, the Bears are going to be wanting to push for a Super Bowl and we've got to, as fans, in my opinion, have realistic expectations for what a Super Bowl push looks like so that if they end up going 15-1, and we're all aware that is a good season and not one bad blemish no matter where the loss is. Losses happen. And given that I know a fair bit about each NFL team, I wanted to go through and verbally talk out exactly how I'm feeling about each game, whether I think a loss is impending or an easy win, and we'll go from there. Anyways, should be a fairly good show. I apologize if my voice sounds a little bit raspy. I spent the day at the uh, Rangers-White Sox game, which ended 7-4 with the hometown Texas Rangers taking the win. So to all you White Sox fans out there, sorry. It happens sometimes. The best team won. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Anyways, let's get into the predictions. So as I'm sure we all know, week one of the NFL's 100th season, the Bears' 100th season, Thursday night, September 5th, 2019, the Chicago Bears are going to meet up with the Green Bay Packers in Soldier Field. Now let me be honest for a second. There is no game in this 2019 schedule for the Bears that I am more confident in our team than week one against the Packers. With how bad week one went last year, the total fiasco that was Nagy and Trubisky's 
phenomenal first half, or at least it seemed that way, only to go completely quiet offensively in the second half, giving up a touchdown late, dropping that interception with Kyle Fuller as Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers won again. I think that the Bears are going to be so motivated coming out of this offseason program as we hear about them in OTAs right now. They're just starting to almost obsess over that parky miss. They know they have unfinished business, and I think that they're going to roll out and take care of things on week one against the Packers. That um, It's a Packers team that seems to be having some serious troubles. Not only has head coach Matt LaFleur already gotten himself injured from a pickup basketball game and is now coaching from a trailer, but Aaron Rodgers doesn't seem to love the offense. It's all offseason speculation at this point, and I'm very well aware of that. But as I'll discuss later in the podcast, I'm, I'm just not high on Rodgers' health in general. The injury that he sustained against us actually last year it's had lasting effects, has had years and years and years of just getting beaten up behind some not very good Packers offensive lines and frankly just having to do everything, carrying this Packers team from start to finish. I think this is as easy a win as there is to book just about, given just the emotion of the moment, the fact that it's in Soldier Field, the Bears have so much they want to achieve and take care of in this season. I think they started out on the right note with a win against Against Green Bay. It's also worth mentioning that in this prediction, I'm not going to be doing scores. I'm just going to be doing straight chalk win or loss because I could guess at scores, but I would really be giving you my estimated margin of victory. And I'm going to tell you whether I think it's close or not. I really think that it's more likely that the that the Bears are going to blow out the Packers than it is that the Packers are going to let, blow out the Bears, let alone win at all. I mean, seriously, unless the Bears are not who we think they are, I get the impression that this is going to be a game where Nagy is going to game plan it and a half. Uh, the offense is going to be ready and prepared to score some points. And I understand that there's a lot of things that the Packers did in this offseason to shore up various weaknesses. But considering that it sure looks as if they want to play age Adrian Amos, you know, former Bears strong safety at free safety all season, unless that defensive coordinator, uh, put it this way, if he tries to play him as a single high free safety, the Bears are going to score a couple of touchdowns off old Adrian Amos, and I don't have a problem with that at all. Now, there's some looks that they could use him in that would actually make sense with Amos at a free safety, namely too deep with him as more the deeper guy and allowing Darnell Savage to uh, patrol around the line of scrimmage. But assuming that that's not what they do, hoping that they play him at free, I think the Bears are going to have a decent time with this game. It'll be a lot of fun. But I've already spent too much time on week one. Let's move on to week two, where the Bears visit Vic Fangio's Broncos. Seriously, it is a wild emotional ride for the Bears going from week one against the hated Packers in their Hunter season to their former defensive coordinator and head coach, now Vic Fangio's Broncos. Now, I'm well aware that the Broncos are 49-8-2 while they're at home in the first two weeks of the season. It's a bit of a random stat, but obviously that is huge. That's a huge advantage. That's a total poison pill for anybody coming in. And while that might spell disaster for a whole lot of teams, I don't think the Bears are one of them. I'm well aware that that is a huge record and a lot to overcome, and frankly, a pretty optimistic statement on my part. But I think that the emotion that's going to be behind the Bears visiting their old defensive coach is going to allow them to kind of get up for this game. 
I'm aware it's in mile high. I'm aware that they've got Cortland Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders, that they've got UDFA Phenom, Philip Lindsay. Obviously, they have Bradley Chubb and Von Miller that are going to cause some problems for Trubisky and the Bears' offensive line. But they have, more importantly than any of those, Joe Flacco. And I'm just not all that scared of Joe Flacco. We saw what he could do against us in 2017 with the Baltimore Ravens. They didn't put up a ton of points. If I remember, it was 17. And considering that he hasn't posted a passer rating above 85 since 2015, I'm just not worried about what he'll be able to do to our defense. If we, if I think that our defense can smother him, and I do think our defense can smother him, I'm pretty confident in our team. I think that's a win. It could very well be tight. It could very well be ugly, but I think it's a win nevertheless, and that's all I think Bears fans should be looking for, especially as we start this second season. Wins or losses. And that brings us to week three, which should be a pretty testy bout between the Bears and the Redskins because while I don't necessarily think the world of Dwayne Haskins and that I think it's tough for any rookie to start in his first four weeks of the NFL season, I think that's just brutal. It's a lot to ask of a guy. But the Bears are going to be coming off of some serious emotional energy. They're going to, I think, be spent after this Green Bay win and after the now Bronco win, uh, assuming they get those two done, and that they're going to walk into this Monday night football game against the Redskins a little bit underdone mentally. Not That's not to say that they're lazy. It's not to say that they're sleeping on anybody. They very well could be emotionally ready and so on and so forth. But if I'm calling it, if I'm guessing, I think that this is a trap game right here with the Vikings up next week and the Redskins this week on a longer week after having taken care of the Packers and the Broncos. This seems like it would be a challenging fight. But here's the bit. I don't want to key on quarterbacks too much, but we're either going to be facing Case Keenum or Dwayne Haskins, and I'll take my chances with either of them because they're just not that good. I mean, they're not going to be, neither is going to be particularly ready. Either we're going to be facing Case Keenum, who will now be on his third week with his new team, or we're going to be facing Dwayne Haskins, who will be on his third week of his NFL career or even better for the Bears, uh, one of, like, Haskins, but Keenum got the start for one of the first two games, or maybe even both of them, meaning that Haskins has even less game experience. I think that this sets itself up well for the Bears, that it does have, it has all of the mikings of a trap game. It has all of them, in my opinion. You're talking about going to Washington. You've got a divisional opponent coming up next. Two potentially very emotional wins. I know I've already said that, but it's it bears mentioning again. This is a trap game, but I think the Redskins might not be ready for a team as talented as the Bears to topple them. Anything can happen. It is in any given Sunday league, but I think that it's another win. So now we're sitting at 3-0 and heading into week four, which, shockingly enough, I actually think we might lose this game. I'm going to pick it as a loss. And it could go either way. The magic about this Bears season is that the Bears have a really good chance to win every single game that they're in. I mean, whether you're talking about the playing the top teams like the Chiefs or the bottom teams like the Raiders, the Bears have a puncher's chance in anything. Maybe even a little more than a puncher's chance. Their roster is stacked, especially if Mitch Trubisky can play really well over the season. But sitting where we are now, knowing nothing about how Trubisky's doing, I think this is the chance, the, the, the best chance the Vikings are going to have to beat the Bears, and I think they do it. Here's why. 
They start off against the Falcons and the Packers, so they very well could be fighting to save their season against a 3-0 team. If the Vikings are sitting at 2-1, or even better for us, but worse for them, 1-2, this game becomes a make-it-or-break-it game. And while I'll be the first to tell you that I'm waiting for the day that Kirk Cousins finally wins a game with pressure on him, this is, it's still week four. It's still early enough in the regular season that it would be a st- not only a storyline, but also kind of a common occurrence for a guy like Kirk to win his big game in week four of the regular season before then starting to get worse and worse and worse as the season goes on. He, we have another week 17 matchup, and I think the Bears are going to win that one. It's tough to win too many games in your division. I mean, it's just hard, uh, and I think that the Vikings could, could very well take this one and kind of wake the Bears up as they head into week 5 in London against the Raiders. We're going to win that one. The Raiders are dumpster fire. There's a lot going wrong with that franchise right now, and I understand they're acquiring talent, but with the total number of characters that they're assembling in this uh, Raiders locker room. I think it's just going to be a little too much to manage. The Bears are a little too talented, and I I just don't think this one's going to be really that big a deal. The biggest challenge of this game for us is going to be the fans watching it, because it's a London time game. And if I remember correctly, that means it's really early in the morning. But hey, We'll all work it out together. We'll all have a great time watching the game. Let's move on to week seven because we have a week six bye. Now, talking about week seven, eight, and nine, which is where we play the Saints, the uh, the Chargers, and Philadelphia, I think that the Bears are going to lose one of these games, but it might surprise you which one it is. Might not. I think the Bears have the Saints beat. Uh, Drew Brees is a phenomenal quarterback, and I'll sing his praises any day of the week, but I do think that they're a touch limited. You're talking about Michael Thomas, who's amazing, don't get me wrong, uh, and Alvin Kamara, and if you can take those two away, their offense falls back to earth. That's what we saw in the 2018 season. I think we'll see it again in the 2019 season. The Bears have a lot of pieces. They can ideally apply that pass rush that they desperately need to so that Drew starts getting the ball out faster and faster and faster. With this game being at home, I think that the Bears are able to come out after their bye week, play really, really well in front of a lot of eyes that are going to be watching them in this game and start to look like a contender. And then the Chargers come to town. So after that Saints win, I think we lose to the Chargers. I hope this doesn't sound hateful. I mean, I really think the Bears... Yeah, you know what? I'm sticking with it. It's not hateful. This is just how football goes, y'all. So the Chargers are a stacked roster. We're all well aware of that. And their flagship leader is Phillip Rivers, who is a very good quarterback. I wouldn't call him elite. I don't know anybody who would. But he has always put up big numbers, and he's always earned those big numbers. He's been a very, very good quarterback all throughout his career. But what we saw last year is that like many older quarterbacks, Brett Favre certainly did this when he got old enough, and Tom Brady hasn't, but Tom Brady's just a machine, and we're all well aware of that. He started to fade as the winter months got colder. He plays in a warm weather stadium in Los Angeles, has always played there, whether it was San Diego or Los Angeles. So as the months start to get colder, Rivers starts to get worse. But this is a game in October. October. It's actually even early-ish. No, it's late October, but it's October nevertheless, so it's not going to be cold, gritty Chicago. He's going to be playing when it's still quote-unquote football weather, you know, nice and warm outside, or at least it's football weather in Texas, okay, because uh, we practice a lot, you know, during hot months. So 
I think that with the weather being what it is, that the Chargers will be able to pull this one out against us. Bears fans will obviously not be super excited at that point. The team, if I have things correctly, will be 5-2, and two, but... It all gets better from here, certainly going forward, because then we go to Philadelphia, and I think we win that game. There's too much emotion at stake. And for a while there, before the draft, I wanted to say that we were going to lose this game but beat the Chargers. The more I've dwelt on it, the more I think that that October 27th game against the Chargers in Week 8 is going to be a very, very tough game to win, but... Assuming we lose that game against the Chargers, I think we're going to rebound because this Bears team is too good to lose multiple games. Or at least it looks that way right now, sitting here, you know, late June 2019. With the amount of raw emotion that sits behind our matchup with the Eagles, this most recent matchup in the playoffs, I think this is another one of those games, much like the Week 1 game against the Packers, where the Bears have to exercise their demons. I see them as a team that's going going to rise to their challenge throughout this 2019 season. And so given that this is certainly a challenge to rise to, I think that they will rise, meet it, and win the game. It'll be a good one. Uh, Wentz is certainly no pushover, as is that Eagles roster. They are a talented bunch, but I think they're. I think the Bears should be able to have it handled. It'll be a tight game, interesting football game. I, I can't wait to watch that one. It's on November 3rd. That's my birthday. It's just a lot of good things. I think that game certainly is looking up. If we lose to the Chargers, we're going to bounce back, be fine, rectify that uh, win-loss column at 6-2. and two. Then we head into the November 10th week 10 game against the Lions I think we'll have that one handled uh, when the Lions came to Soldier Field this last time it did not work out well for them and we smashed them that was frankly Trubisky's best performance yet as a Chicago Bear and it wouldn't surprise me if that sort of dominance continues at home away potentially different story but at home November 10th riding off of that Eagles win uh, we've got a nice full week of practice to get ready for our divisional line opponents and it wouldn't surprise me if at that point we'll have a much better idea of whether these lines are legit because there's always the chance that they get legit who knows maybe they'll rectify things with Matt Patricia I'll be honest I doubt it but they always could uh, but when the lines come to town I think the Bears are going to be able to wail on them. Uh, maybe it's just a small beating. Who knows? But the win, I think, is going to come not easy, but, you know, as easy as they come in the NFL. It'll push that record up to 7-2, and two, and that'll be a good place heading into Los Angeles to face the Rams. And that's a Sunday night game. We're in a lot of these primetime games, and when you stare at the schedule, that becomes overwhelmingly clear. But I think the Bears will handle this one, too. Pagano's not an idiot, or at least I sure hope he's not. And the Bears figured out how to beat the Rams last year. And how do I know that? Because the Patriots did it, too. In the Super Bowl, Goff got embarrassed by pretty much the same game plan that Fangio and the Bears deployed against that Week 14 Rams game. I think that the Bears are going to be able to use that again. I think a lot of teams are, actually. I mean, it's a long offseason. Won't surprise me if the Rams, who I have as the biggest letdown contender in the NFL this year, may not be all that great. So when we go into Los Angeles, I think we'll be able to come out with another win. Um... It's not that we have earned it per se or somehow that the Rams owe it to us. It's more to say that I will believe that Goff can beat this Rams defense when I see it. 
He played so, so badly against us in Week 14, and tons of it was stuff that I just don't think can be fixed in one offseason, like being completely unable to read a defense and understand what we were giving him when we were giving it to him. I don't think that'll fix itself. It's not an easy win, but it's a win that I feel very, very comfortable with. Now, I will basically just tangentially touch on this next one, the Giants game, Week 12, because I think that one is another one of those as easy as it gets game full week of practice afternoon game we lost to the Giants last year we get them at home this year and they are either going to be starting Eli Manning who's not a particularly good quarterback or Daniel Jones with not a whole lot of experience either way the Giants have basically they've basically shown the NFL front owners how to demolish your franchise in one offseason throughout this year uh, not only signing and trading their best asset Odell Beckham Jr phenomenal player obviously and you may say Saquon Barkley if you did I actually would potentially give that to you Saquon's incredible but either way they traded away one of their best skill guys I don't think they got a ton back for him Daniel Jones doesn't leave me particularly excited going forward there's a lot of things that these Giants need work on and I think that the Bears are just a tier above them in terms of talent and that that sort of thing expresses itself in wins and losses on the football field. That one as easy as it gets. Now this brings us to week 13 which is probably my most uh, let's call it controversial pick of this podcast where I think the Bears are going to march into Ford Field and lose. Now that's because they've still got another one of these weird short weeks. Four days of rest from the Giants game to Ford Field for Thanksgiving and I personally don't like it. I didn't like it when we did it this last year and I'm aware that we won that game but I don't necessarily think that that stuff's repeatable on a year-over-year basis. Now, there's always the chance that Detroit turns into a flaming dumpster fire and can't put forth a good effort, and we win anyways. That'd be neat, but I'm not counting on it. Even if the Bears have Trubisky, even if we've got plenty of health, I think that this exact sort of game, short rest, going to the opposing divisional rival, it's it's a lot. It's going to be a lot to do. It's a lot to overcome, and these Bears team could rise to meet that challenge, but with the Cowboys the week after that, I think it's going to be tough for them to get their head in the game for this one. Obviously, they're paid to do that. I'm not suggesting that these guys take their eye off the ball in any particular capacity. I just think that this stuff's a lot harder than it looks, and sometimes those emotions can be hard to summon for games like this. I think that this is the Lions' best opportunity to beat us, and this year, they do. If the Lions do win, that'll push our divisional record now to 2-2, two and two, which will no doubt send plenty of fans into a tizzy over the North because not only who knows where these teams will stand in the standings at that point, but it'll certainly look as if we can beat everybody but the teams in our division. But you know what? Sometimes that's how it goes. These rivalry things, uh, the way they build over years, players getting to know each other better, it's your divisional opponents that'll often have the best way to beat you, especially in the North. That's got a lot of talent in it for a last place team the Lions aren't that bad I mean I would expect them to go six and ten seven and nine maybe even five and eleven but that doesn't mean that they're near as bad as the Giants or some of the other teams that are in the NFL right now the Cardinals another example all depending on whether Kyler Murray is going to be any good the Lions are better than that Matthew Stafford solid quarterback they've got decent options I like Kerryon Johnson I think Kenny Galladay is a really 
good receiver. They've got pieces. Them beating us isn't, I mean, it's not out of the question. And I think that they sneak one in right here. But then against the Cowboys the week after that, which it looks like is another Sunday night game, I think the Bears shock, they don't shock the world because I actually wouldn't be surprised if they're the favorites. But they beat the boys from Dallas, the boys in blue, and uh, take my Dallas team, uh, because as you may know, I live in Dallas, to the woodshed, much like when McCown did oh so many years ago. That was a great game. Reminded me that Dallas teams struggle when it gets cold. And even though I really like their linebacking core, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, the way they have built this defense and that it'll challenge Trubisky, I also think that our defense will fluster Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, and a talented offensive line for the Cowboys. But the Bears have a lot of pieces. And should we get to this game properly healthy, I don't know what they'll do to counter the pass rush that we'll be able to put on Dak. While he is fairly mobile, I don't know if he'll be mobile enough to stop what we'll be able to throw at him, especially considering that it won't shock me at all if Pagano's aggressiveness is going to yield more sacks, more big plays. A lot of us have said that. I think it'll cause us to give up more big plays. You'll see a couple more throws over the top, a couple more of those like poor, uh, poor assignments, overcommitments. You get the idea. But I think that we'll end up with more pressure overall, uh, that we'll end up with more of those sacks, and that for a game like the Cowboys where if you can fluster Dak if you can get him in his own head just trying to play that game manager role you can kind of just mentally beat him or at least that's what it looks like to me he is not the guy that's going to sit back and gun you down he's going to try to bleed you with shorter stuff stay confident stay in what he can do and as long as the Bears don't get mauled outright by Amari Cooper which I tend to hope that with Kyle Fuller and Eddie Jackson we will be able to stop him from doing I think that this Cowboys game bodes well for the Bears, assuming their offense can score at all, but I've been making that assumption throughout this entire set of predictions. That would push our record to a healthy 10-3 and as the Bears go to Lambeau and face the Packers, and in this situation, I actually think they win this game. I don't feel comfortable. I'll tell you up front, I don't feel absurdly comfortable picking the Bears to sweep the Packers considering they haven't been able to do that for years, but if there's going to be a year where they do it, this certainly looks like that year. After that Cowboy game I think the Bears are going to be energized they're going to enter or they're going to enter that final season push where they're really going to try to make a press for that first round bye if that's still in the cards and certainly lock up that playoff spot with the Packers in the way and so much bad blood from last year in just that week one moment as well as the comments that Rodgers has made about how good he is uh, regarding this yeah it's a dumb beer chug thing but Rodgers has been his cocky confident self throughout the offseason I'm sure the Bears do defense is ready to put a stop to that and make sure that Rodgers knows who runs the NFC North. I know that that sounds petty. It sounds a little childish. It sounds like, you know, a meatball energetic fan, but I really think that these players buy into that stuff. That's exactly the sort of thing Nagy would want to key off of. I think the Bears are able to take it to the Packers and hey, it's Aaron Rodgers. If he's on form, this will be a very, very tough game. Way tougher than week one. With all the emotion and all the preparation that can go into week one, this is a much more standard week. But I still think that the Bears have the upper hand. Uh, they have a lot of things that they can do to fluster Rodgers and the Packers. Not to mention, I think the Packers have, they've got some good pieces. Certainly Zadarius Smith. Uh, Adrian Amos is going to help them. Darnell Savage is a great player. But it's a couple of guys like Rashad Gary. 
and what Rodgers has to work with from a receiver tool set that makes me wonder how they will do over the course of the season. If he gets hurt, and I mentioned this earlier because I don't love his health, the Packers season goes into the toilet, and this game becomes just a total non-factor. But anyways, I think we win, pushes our record to a healthy 11-3, and heading into our Week 16, December 22nd, Sunday night. You've heard that a lot. You'll hear it again now. Clash against the Chiefs. It'll be a big one, and I think we lose. The Bears have to lose games somewhere, and they're going to. I mean, not yes, it's a great dream to think that we're going to go 16-0 and and then, you know, make that 19-0 and in the Super Bowl, but it's not realistic. We're going to lose games. The Chiefs are a great team, and if the Bears have gone to toe-to-toe with some of the NFL's best, and I do count the Vikings in that, that would mean that we've beaten the Saints, we beat the Eagles, we beat the Cowboys, we beat the Packers twice, we lost to the Chargers, we lost to the Vikings once, and we'll lose to the Chiefs. It makes sense to me, uh, especially this all assumes, by the way, that Tyreek Hill hasn't gotten suspended and is playing in this game because I think he's a huge part of what the Chiefs are doing. But if Mahomes is able to replicate his season at all, and I'm talking 4,500 yards, I'm talking 4,000 yards, uh, if if they're still able to play at that high offensive level, I think the Chiefs are obviously going to be regular season contenders and that this will look like one of those classic pre-playoff games. Plus, I think a loss here would give the Bears a lot of momentum going into the playoffs. Every team needs a good kick in the pants here and again and if the bears get beat i think that that's just going to serve as wonderful beautiful motivation fuel for their big playoff push and then we get to our final week of the season record now sitting at 11 and 4 we play the vikings in minnesota sure sounds a lot like 2018 and that's what i'm going to roll with because it won't surprise me at all if the vikings are going to end up in another win and you're in situation they've got enough talent on the roster with guys like well, I don't want to say Dalvin Cook because he's not that great, but Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, Kirk Cousins. Yes, I did say Kirk Cousins and a quite talented defense. The Vikings are set up to win football games. I don't think that they're set up to win a title. I really don't. But if Kirk Cousins starts to rise up to what his contract was supposed to be paying him for, he will wheel and deal. He'll distribute that football. They'll get some wins. That'll bring them into another game against the Bears where they win and they're in and with how bad Kirk Cousins performed in this last one. I think he performs badly again. I know. I'm, I'm kind of hating on the guy a little bit, but it was so bad. I mean, under 100 yards in three quarters, and a lot of it was his fault. He missed throws. He was slow on the draw, got sacked a lot. Yeah, I know. The Bears played great, but the Vikings season is going to be entirely dependent on how their two rookies play. Uh, if they don't end up playing phenomenally, I don't think that Drew uh, Samia and Garrett Bradbury are going to be able to fix all of their problems and neither of them can make a new brain for Cousins and help him out in those pressured situations. He's notoriously bad when the game is on the line, when the season is on the line, when pressure's at his highest, he has always been bad and I think that that will stick around, that he'll lose this game for them and that the Bears will finish their season a hearty 12-4. and Same as 2018, but hey, hopefully we'll have very different results in the playoffs this year. I think that's where the Bears go. 13 and 3 is aggressive, 14 and 2 is downright optimistic. 11 and 5, 10 and 6 
could very well happen. They really could. A lot of it's going to depend on player health. Are all of our guys going to stay healthy? Are we going to lose big players or little players if we do get hurt? Will losing Eddie Jackson cost us a couple of wins? It very well may. Uh, is Mitch Trubisky going to stay healthy? Is Mitch Trubisky going to ascend to the level that we want him to? There's obviously a lot of variables that go into predicting your wins and losses over a season, but based on the way that I think this Bears team is set up to run, I think that they will win 12 and lose 4. Not bad, especially when those two losses come in the division. And yeah, it'll kind of suck to hear Lions fans go back to the whole we own the Bears chant if it happens, but I think that beating teams like the Cowboys, like the Rams, like the Saints, uh, and even playing contested games against teams like the Chargers and the Chiefs, and even if you lose those games, you're going to learn a lot that you can draw from when it comes time to go to the playoffs. I actually think it'll be worse for the Bears if they just win everything. I mean, obviously, that'd be neat because it shows that they can beat everybody, but I think that we know, if we're really honest, that this team can beat everybody in the NFL. It's just a matter of whether they will. And so playing these tight games, playing this hard, quote-unquote, first-place schedule, I think that this is a godsend for a Bears team that needs to start playing harder teams. Because in 2018, if you really take a look at the schedule, we played a lot of cupcake teams, like the Jets, the Bills, uh, the Giants, the Lions twice. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to count them last year. They were bad. Um, we played a lot of cupcakey teams. We stacked up wins on teams that weren't overwhelmingly good. And we were able to beat teams like the Rams, like the Vikings, like the Packers. I'm well aware of that. But with big front runners like the Saints, the Chargers, the Eagles, the Rams, uh, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, all of them on our schedule, I think that that's going to help our team a whole lot more than it's going to hurt it. Every loss is a good thing when you're already going to the playoffs. If losses deny you the playoffs, obviously that's really bad. But in the NFL, I mean, I always go back to those giant teams that were able to win the Super Bowl after 8-8. Eight eight. Losses teach you a lot more than wins do. Wins will teach us, the fans, something, but they don't teach the team something. And I think that those four losses that I mentioned would be a boon to the Bears if things shook out this way would not shock me at all if the Bears were able to make that NFC title game, let alone the Super Bowl, let alone winning it. I mean, hey, we'll see. But anyways, that's where I've got them, 12-4, and four, with losses to the Vikings, the Chargers, the Lions, I know, and the Chiefs. What do you think? Do you like that? Do you hate it? Do you think I'm crazy? Do you think I'm smart? Let me know what you think. Uh, this is all I got for you today. A neat little 34-ish minute show. If you like what I'm saying, you can follow me over on Twitter at Robert K. Schmitz. That's at R-O-B-E-R-T-K-S-C-H-M-I-T-Z. I also plan on trying my absolute hardest to get my next uh, video breakdown done. This one's going to be on defensive line and Bilal Nichols and how he played last year. It's a lot. And I'm in the process of writing it now, but when it does come out, it should be really cool, or at least I'm very excited about it. Anyways, have a great rest of your day. Let me know what you think of my schedule predictions and where you think the Bears are going to win and lose games. Try to keep it to surprising stuff. And until next time, bear down, and thanks so much for bearing with me. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts.